Thanks, buddy. Sorry, I had to piss really bad. <laughs> you should leave at one point. The um, well, no, I heard you leave. You, oh. Your stairs is loud. As fuck. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I was like, I was like, wait, do I just end now? Like. <laughs> out a music podcast by Hambone Relay. Speaking of Hambone Relay, we've got Mark Brown virtually on the internet. Hey. Yeah, that's right, and I'm Rob Tate. I play drums for Hambone Relay. Mark plays organ and is our lovely leader. He'll be engineering this session virtually because of the coronavirus. We are now doing our podcast over the internet. If you listen to our previous two podcasts, you uh, heard us kind of experimenting. I think we got to dial it in. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, it sounded good, man. Even with like computer, like laptop mics, it sounds great. I mean, whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're making it work. I'm sure everyone's got. Uh, they're trying to make their own little workarounds, but for us, this is working okay. And then I don't have to deal with Mark in person. So there's that. Oh, thank God. Thank God. That guy <laughs> farts funny. And today's <laughs> guest, we got Alex Steyer from Stella Ruse. What's up, buddy? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Alex is calling in from his his third floor attic cross space where he has a lone desk. It's beautiful. Uh, Alex is the trumpet player, uh, singer, and percussionist of Stella Ruse. Alex has helped shape the beginning of the Stella Ruse's sound along with uh, Mason, Brendan Johnson, and Katie O'Donnell. Does that sound about right? That is correct. Uh, thanks for doing your homework, Rob. <laughs> no problem. I got a little, you know, my little spreadsheet here. Just doing my thing so I don't lose myself. All right. So I had a quick question. Uh, by the way, congrats on your new album, The Greater Dog. It's awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, real labor of love. So appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate having any any fans whatsoever out there listening. So. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, we we feel you very much in that regard. I had a question though. Was when we had Brendan on the podcast last, he was talking about uh, you guys were getting ready to go into pre production. What does pre production mean for Stella Ruse? <laughs> Great question. Um, so uh, this time around, I mean, obviously the biggest difference in the you know whole process this time was the fact that we had seven members in the band now as opposed to four um, when we did our previous two albums. And so uh, that really meant like pre-production for the previous albums was basically get together at Brendan's house or Katie's house, um, sit around a phone and hit record on the phone and, you know, record over and over and over and over again. Um, until we kind of felt comfortable with what was coming out of the phone for us. Um, obviously, when you add drums, bass, and uh, another horn into the mix there, uh, recording to a phone doesn't quite do the trick as much anymore. So um, we basically, for pre-production, uh, the whole month of, and this was in January 2019, um, we spent the whole uh, months of January, February, and a little bit into March, basically going weekly over to Sean, our drummer's house. Um, his parents had flown south for the winter, so we had a nice little living room to set up in. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, came out, came real handy. So uh, set up shop there. Um, Mason brought his interface, so he has a little Scarlet, uh, like an eight-channel Scarlet, and um, an iPad. And we basically did demos, um, full multi-track demos for. 13 songs um all said and done so that was really you know at that point most of the stuff was pretty well kind of honed through live shows but we had never put anything really down on on record to listen to mm -hmm. so um that process for us allowed us to kind of step into the studio kind of quasi studio if you will um and really you know kind of tear them apart and through that process um gosh, we probably went through, in some cases, some songs were pretty much the same. Uh, in other cases, we tore songs apart two, three times before we really came, came to something that was uh, agreeable to the whole group. And in some cases, that went right up to the, like, <laughs> the week before we were going into the studio, we were, like, finalizing these changes in the songs that we had made. And, you know, it, it really paid off because, obviously, when you're doing 11 songs, uh, 10 made the album, but... Yeah, you gotta you gotta maximize your studio time. So oh, absolutely. You mentioned the uh, Scarlet Focus, right? The eight channel, right? Yeah. The interface. That's a, that's what we used, Mark. Yeah. And uh, we used that for um, our Free Hugs album back in uh, was it twenty sixteen, Mark? Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yep. You guys did the whole album we, on it. We did. We did our whole album at Mark's studio. Well, we did. Uh -huh. Yeah. We we used the uh, the Scarlet eight channel in, and then I have the Octopri. 
Okay. Which is like the eight uh, preamps, but it, you can link it with the Scarlet. So we had 16 channels total. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah, that was um, in order to get around that because I think we were doing like four channels on the drums and, uh, you know, guitar, bass, mandolin, uh, keys, two vocals, and a trumpet. So we had to like mix half of the stuff into our like set aside mixer and then run two channels out of that oh, so wow. like half the stuff wasn't really mixable and right. then the other half of the stuff was uh, <laughs> you know that's how that's how we do that's how those uh musicians work that studio equipment you know so but it's all good you use what you have and then you you make it work like these yeah. demos aren't supposed to be like the cream of the crop whatever right no no and actually in a lot of cases um we were very pleased with the stuff that was coming off of this you know garage band ipad like I was like, wow, this stuff actually sounds pretty good. Like, you know, it's not just like, you know, throwing your phone on the, on the table and seeing what, ha what happens. So <laughs> yeah, we're different from the iPhone days. It's a yeah. very big difference in quality. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you know, now, um, after having that experience, uh, I think now, and you guys can probably attest to this as well. Like I'm trying to figure out how we can all get an iPad and get our garage band tracks, you know, get a garage band track synced up and everyone's able to edit kind of on the fly or able to really add to something like I'm now in, in the market for, I got to get an interface. I got to, I got to make a lot of changes here if I'm going to actually start to record from home and be able to contribute more than just again, <laughs> setting my phone down and trying to play my trumpet into my phone, which is going to be awful sounding. So yeah, we we're actually in the same boat. Mark and I are currently writing Hambone's next tunes. Um, Mark let me borrow a ton of his microphones and and an interface, and we're trying to work around a way where I, he sends me his the song like a scratch, and then I record the drums on GarageBand, send it to him, yep. and then he, he mixes it up. Mind you, we're all trying to figure out how to um, fix our our rooms. You know what I mean? Like nothing. My, I'm in my basement <laughs> right now, and nothing is soundproofed or sound. No, it's it's reverberates all hell is yeah. all i can say yeah um and we've done some experimentation with uh drum tones we've only done a, a track but um we're we're looking to really experiment with that and i'm sure with you guys since you saw the demo work so well that you got are you guys planning on doing a whole nother record or doing just more demos to see what happens you know it's uh, god knows at this point so um but yeah i mean that's like i think for us it's probably uh two things one is um so we're working on a tiny desk contest submission right now um in a quarantine mode essentially trying to piece together um you know seven people sitting at desks and i'm going to put them all together in premiere pro um and make like a little collage you know you know like a brady bunch style thing yeah um so we're working on that and then kind of depending on how that goes we're going to see, you know, whether this is a really a viable, a viable product that we might be able to piece together um, if we're all running uh, GarageBand with like an iPad, you know, because if you have the iPad or if you have the iOS, you can share full projects. But if you're going between a MacBook Pro and iOS, then you can't have that same. It's it's Mac, you know, Mac jargon butthole stuff. Um, you know. <laughs> You, you can cuss on here, by the way. You can cuss. Yeah, on. it's like you know, you need you need six dongles and um, you know, a couple <laughs> of extra, a couple of extra like you know, fancy pieces in order to make it all work together. So um, we're trying to figure that one out. Uh, the other great part I'll I'll say about working remotely or you know potentially recording remotely is um, lawnmowers with the spring coming. Um, I was trying to record a web tutorial the other day and was pulling my hair out because my neighbor was mowing his lawn and I couldn't get a I couldn't get a quiet moment. So, <laughs> so I got two kids and between the kids screaming and then the lawnmower going, it's like this constant bit of background noise. And I'm like, how am I supposed to record anything? Like I, I, I can imagine, well, for drums, maybe you can get by, but for like anything else vocally or whatever, like, you know, you're at the whims of whether or not somebody, it's a nice day and somebody wants to mow their lawn and everybody's home right now. So there's a lot of lawn mowing going on. In right. So you're like banking on like rainy days, but then again, you're going to hear the rain in your, in that office space that you're in yeah and or like for me i'm in my basement I, I don't hear anything other than my dog sometimes walking across the floor upstairs <laughs> i don't have kids i don't have that problem yeah no rainy days totally different set of stories Ralph. or totally yeah. different set of problems there you got kids screaming yeah. inside and that's just you know uh, uh. <laughs> so like your recording time is like two to six a.m <laughs> yeah yeah precisely <laughs> like, um, whispering, I... like this is how you do this 
Yeah, yeah. I do get like a very little teeny bit of time. Like right now, this is why I, I booked this right for right now is because my daughter's napping and uh, my son, who's five, is like, you know, just kind of this is like his workbook time. So it's it's quiet time in the house, which is oh, nice. that's perfect. Yeah, it's dude. But again, if somebody starts mowing the lawn, I'm toast. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was going to say we um, where'd you guys record this record? Uh, so <clears throat> we did all of this record at uh, Minor Street Recording in Fishtown with uh, Brian McTeer. And okay. uh, got a young guy, Matt Poirier, Poirier um, who was just phenomenal young uh, engineer. And I would say, you know, legitimately served as like a, a quasi producer in a lot of instances because uh, really helpful in the studio and just super fast. Um, they've got a great set of, you know, I mean, they've got great bones there um, yeah. in the studio itself. Um, and they also, uh, for this particular record, we did all of the drums, bass, and piano to tape, two-inch tape. Oh, uh, awesome. So in the two-inch tape and then back out of the two-inch tape on the Pro Tools, um, which you get some noise and you get some, you know, ambient kind of tape noise. Um, but the fatness of the drums was really there. And that's one of the one of the key elements, I think, when you listen to the sound of the record, um, you really hear that, like, super fat drum sound, super fat bass sound, and the keys are just, like, rocking, you know? That's amazing that that was an option. Did they just have tape lying around, or was that an option for you to, like, you, you bought the tape yourselves? No, they just, they give you, the, they, they have a couple of just, like, you know, pieces, like, they'll, they just give you the tape, basically, and because it's just reused, you know, you're only, and, you know, they erase it and scrub it each time, um, but, yeah, it's the same, basically, piece of tape that they use over and over again, because they just end up dumping that in the Pro Tools, so you don't even... You don't even get to keep the tape at the end. You just use it merely for the effect, essentially. So I would have been nice to have a tape, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that, and that was like, I was a little nervous about it, honestly, um, particularly from the uh, piano side of things and the bass, just because, like, there's no mistakes. You can't, you can't cut particularly um, because of the some kind of complexity of the, the way that the tape machine runs and that it kind of wobbles a little bit. So Okay everything has to be done as a single take. So, um, you know, we did them, you know, Mason, uh, Ted and Sean ran each song three or four times, but we would, we were only able to take one take of that. You couldn't, you couldn't piece together the three or four takes together. So, so, so what was the, what was the vibe like when the three of them are in the studio? Was it pretty nerve wracking or were they pretty ready? Those guys are professional. And so, um, <laughs> I give them so much credit. I was extremely nervous going into it because, um, I mean, you guys know, you guys know what, what life is like in the studio and how things can like, you know, you, you plan for, you plan for one thing and then, you know, everything changes and then all of a sudden you're just like throwing your plan out the window. So, um, I was super nervous going in with that, but after the first weekend and seeing how those three performed, um, and how consistent they were, I was like, oh yeah, we got this. Like, we can totally do this and it's going to be worth it in the end because the sound was that much better. That's awesome. What was the what was the um, the time like that went by from the beginning of recording till you were done uh, mixing the record? So um, started eight late March, early April, and then didn't finish mixing and uh, and getting to mastering until uh, August. 
So, and then probably even, I think mastering went into September. I think mastering went even into September, like till we were finally finished. So I was actually going to say that's pretty quick. Um, uh, I know a lot of my projects take almost a year to, to finish up. <laughs> didn't, um, didn't, didn't feel quick, Rob. Didn't feel quick. <laughs> I bet in the moment it didn't, but looking back, doesn't it feel like, like it was very fast? I don't know. For me, that sounds very quick. Um, I will say that, you know, the year 2019, um, well, I mean, this is kind of getting older, right? Is, you know, time starts to like your daily life kind of feels like it starts to be slow, but then the weeks and the months and the years just fly by. I mean, with kids and it's just like, you know, my daughter's almost two now and I, I'm like, holy, holy shit, like we're here, you know, like we're, <laughs> at, we're at this incredible stage in our life where, you know, kids are like kind of becoming self-sufficient and they don't need to be tended to all the time so it's it's a it's a really special time but yeah for me um definitely felt like this process like was you know got got to be a little bit like pulling teeth towards the end but you know that's that's the creative process right i mean that's what you go through absolutely back to the songs um and in terms of pulling it apart putting things back together did everybody have a full say like a democracy and somebody was put in charge like brendan is obviously the songwriter is he kind of the leader of the democracy yes i would definitely say so but yeah we all have a really really good say um we have a really just great dynamic as a group. Uh, there's very little ego. Um, there's very little like just, you know, everybody really gets along. And that's, I, I think, is incredibly unique for a seven person band to have that kind of uh, camaraderie that we have and kind of just congealed right off the bat, too. Um, so, yeah, we really everybody kind of has these like, you know, for <laughs> for seven white dudes and a girl or for six white dudes and a white girl, um, our musical tastes are super different so um that's i think is one of the really great things about the group is that we bring this sort of like super wide hodgepodge from like blues to american rock and roll to like jam band grateful dead fish then into like you know afro-caribbean which is like kind of my area and uh you know just sort of all kind of everybody had a little bit of flavor that got put into this record which is one of the great things about it you know it's one of the reasons why we're so proud of it is that it's a it's a true reflection of seven different people with seven different tastes. So, and that's that's not necessarily always easy. I mean, like get all those influences in there, and to blend is a very difficult process. So, yeah. I commend you. That's it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, one thing I will definitely commend you for, and maybe it's just for me, but this solidifies that Stella Ruse is all about the memorable gang vocal. <laughs> Whether it be like the Na Na's and Open or Travel Song or Baby Fill Me Up from Trollop and the Tipler. Yeah. Um, you, you guys are – Brendan is an excellent songwriter in getting everybody kind of involved in the audience. Is is that more of a Brendan thing or is it a group dynamic? Like you guys have been adding more or taking away? Certainly. I would. What I would say is that that's a really important part of Brendan's songwriting style, but it's something that we all really love. And um, one of the interesting concepts that got explored – with this record in particular, um, was the idea of call and response. And um, that, in and, in and of itself, I wouldn't necessarily say that, because, uh, you know, you said gang vocals, and that definitely is something that the kind of family sing-along concept, really important piece for Brendan. Um, you know, he's, he's that's that's his kind of, like, that's his vibe. That's where he came up in, is that sort of group, you know, family sing-along style vocal. Um, but when we got into the studio with Brian and pretty early on um he was sort of pushing this idea of you know i really love this sort of back and forth between you and katie and because a lot of the stuff we were doing prior to that was sort of brendan and katie always singing together you know Mm -hmm. that always dual dual vocal which is great that's like part of our signature sound um but brian was like what if we kind of separate that a little bit and have a little bit more of this kind of call and response either between brendan and katie or call and response between brendan and the group and we all really were like, oh, yeah, we like that sound. We like how that's kind of starting to, to come together. So um, a lot of that came through on the record. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to kind of continue to foster. Uh, it was definitely a good learning opportunity for us to, to look at this sort of like, you know, that like almost gospel style, you know, call and response. So. That's really excellent. I was wondering if th- it also brings me to my next question, which is. Did the um the I think there's one or two songs maybe even more where Katie and Brendan uh have they don't sing together on verses one is verse one one is verse two was that done in pre-production or was that done in the studio so those were 
mostly done in pre-production. Um, that's something that kind of ended up in sort of the the Stella Ruse formula, if you will, um, was the sort of like, and we've done that, I would say not every record, but we've had, I know like on our first record, we have uh, a song called Suede Shoes. That's one of our live staples. Um, it's a real up-tempo funk, funk tune. And um, Katie always sang the second verse on that. So it's kind of like, it kind of became a little bit of like a, a live thing that we would do where Brendan sings the first verse, Katie sings the second verse. Um, and so, yeah that kind of just carried through um, on, I, I guess it was Trollope and the Tipler. And I think there's one other song where that happens as well. So. Yeah, 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 I noticed that as well. I really love it. And I love Katie's voice. She really steps out on her own on this record as well. You know, I, uh, I'm, if there's one thing that, um, you know, ultimately this uh, quarantine stuff has made nice for us was uh, Katie doing Instagram live videos because there's just nothing better. Katie's just got such a wonderful voice and um, you know, taking stripping away all the rest of the band and just letting her sit back and sing is what is she's just so wonderful so i thoroughly enjoy that uh sunday nights at eight make sure you tune in ig live nice no hey plug away bro plug away <laughs> um i will say that's one thing that's really great that you guys are doing which is i know that katie's singing on sundays and i think brendan's singing on wednesdays Do I have that's that right? correct wednesday. and uh if you if you follow mason on facebook he's not as much on the ig live piece but uh Mason's been doing Grateful Dead quarantine jams. Uh, not any set schedule at this point, but pretty regular Grateful Dead. If, so if you're if you're a deadhead, you got to check out that uh, Mason Hunter on Facebook and uh, you know get get them Facebook Live Grateful Dead quarantine jams going. So. Nice. I think that's great. I finding ways to keep putting out stuff without necessarily breaking the bank is the new format, and you guys are doing a great job with that. Do you have any suggestions for other bands? That, that are having trouble doing the same? Like, what, uh, what would you tell their bands to do? Well, you know, um, an easy one that came up for us, which had we had been kicking around for a while, was the um, Spotify playlist, you know? Um, you guys do that periodically as well. Um, and so that's one of those, you know, Spotify for artists, if you watch their little, you know, how-to videos, and they're like, this is how you, you know, this is how you maximize your Spotify for artist account and make a playlist and share it on your profile. And actually... Um, what we found, because there's seven of us in the band, um, if we all just did a playlist, that we'd only have to do one every two months. So um, because or I think we even stretched it more than that. I think we're doing them two weeks at a time. And then a uh, new person gives a new playlist and then we will go back through the cycle again. So um, for us, that's an easy one, I think, is uh, do Spotify playlists and share them on your on your Spotify account. And that way, at the very least, it gives you a couple of opportunities. For one, um, I know Spotify tells you to do it, which I think, I think might influence your actual like similar artists stuff or your algorithms. Um, two, one of the things, and this is another one that I didn't expect, was um, we always kind of try and pick off a couple of local artists or a couple of unknown artists, if you will, um, to include on our playlist alongside of some big ones too. Um, but people loved it people like we got like six shares from different bands i think you guys even shared our playlist because i think sean referenced you um, i did i know that i did uh me and sean yeah. have been uh throwing tunes back and forth i definitely shared that playlist so you know that's a great example right there of like you know it's not only like and, and of course you know who knows if it's people are listening but again you're putting it out there you're creating community online um you're giving an opportunity for other bands to get listens or potentially new fans and then also like you know it shows a little bit of personality on our page because then it's like everybody gets to put a little message in there it's like hey it's alex from stella ruse and here's uh some songs that inspired this song and you know here's why so um i'll tell you right now i'm working on mine and um it's a inspiration for travel song, which was the one song on the new record that I wrote. Um, and it's actually, Oh really? I didn't know you wrote that one. Indeed. So that was my first, uh, first song written, um, front to back. Well, with, with help from the group, but that was the first song that I ever, uh, put on record really. So oh, congrats, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Super awesome. Um, and a super, uh, humbling experience as well. Uh, taking a song and, something that I, I wrote years ago um, and gave it to Brendan and he kind of sat on it for a while um, and then brought it back to the band once we had drums and bass and um, all of a sudden we had this whole thing. So anyway, uh, I'm doing a, a playlist of songs that are that inspired Travel Song, but particularly I'm focusing in on 5-4 um, time signature because that was um, that 
that's the song is in a little bit of a mixture between a five, four and a six, eight kind of pattern. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was always inspired by lots and lots and lots of five, four tunes. So um, going back all the way to Dave Brubeck and um, take five, and then all the way up to uh, Hosier, uh, Lumineers and, um, what was the third one? Uh, Sufjan Stevens. It's great five. Well, he's like the master of, of indie rock five four. So um, yeah. What's the uh, the Hosier song that's in five? It's uh, uh, from Eden. Yeah, that's the song. What a great singer songwriter. I love his stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, and the the new record, the new EP. Uh, what was it called? Um, I'm gonna totally blank. But it's the one where he's like underwater. You know, I'm talking about the cover. Yeah, I do know, and I haven't actually listened to the new one. I mean, I obviously heard the stuff they were playing on XBN, um, but that's about it as far as that goes. So it's called <laughs> Wasteland, it baby. That's what it's called. Yeah, that's it. Wasteland, that's right. baby. Yeah, it's the uh, one with um with um Mavis Staples. Mm-hmm. The Mavis yes, Staples song. The uh, Nina Power. Power. No, it's a really fantastic tune. Um, and we've always kind of talked about Hosier. Actually, oddly enough, um, our pandora spin so like i follow all of our like data stuff um and i'm the big data guy um in the band and uh our pandora spins we get very regular plays on hosier radio on pandora so that's awesome it's one song of ours um and it's a song that has probably it was the song off of our ep so our last record um the middle song by the time which is we have a music video it was the single we put out for that um but it has this really big kind of vocal presence in it. And somehow some Pandora ear picked it up and was like, Hosier. And I was like, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. it. I'll take that. <laughs> take that. And it's like, we get like six, seven, eight plays a week from that, from that Hosier radio. And I don't, I, they come from all over the place too. So got to love it. That's amazing. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's getting those random plays are always very satisfying. Ugh, I, do, I wanted to ask, do you guys um have, do you follow like all of your data stuff? Do you guys dig in on that stuff as well? We do. Uh, we follow our Spotify for artists uh, a little more heavily these days. Um, we're trying to actually. You mentioned like making playlists and updating everything and getting working into the algorithm. We're trying to work more towards the algorithm, but we found, or at least I've been trying to follow it. With the virus, it's kind of messed with a few of our numbers mm-hmm. because people aren't necessarily driving to work, and they're not. <laughs> They're not just playing music at home. They're either watching Netflix or yep. they're doing something. Yep. So our numbers have actually gone down. Yeah. I don't know. I would agree. On, on Spotify? Yeah. Our numbers are up on Spotify. We have we our follow numbers are about the, the same, they're but like our listen four... numbers in the past week or two have been oh, down. Okay. Okay. I've noticed similarly, um, that it's sort of like yeah. trending down a little bit more. Um, but again, like for us, we had a big spike because we had a we got announced on the Exponential Music Fest lineup and um, got which congrats on that by the way. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank you. Awesome. That was a huge one. Um, and uh, but yeah, we we had a pretty decent spike like right then because we got included on a couple of playlists and even that has sort of died off a little bit. But hopefully, um, you know, with that with XPN, hopefully we start to get some continued stuff. And I know you guys had similar boat um when you first got that what was that free at noon a, a yeah. while back with yeah. sort of your entree into their world so we had a crazy week after we got our free well the free at noon we were supposed to play got canceled because of a blizzard or it was freezing cold it wasn't a blizzard um but then we got to open for james hunter uh the james hunter six from europe and then we basically got to open for them for the net their next two shows and then we had like just shows for the next week and i remember <laughs> me and mark were so tired at the end of that that we just collapse into a couch and go, can we take a nap now? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but like, I mean, the fact you guys got that exponential music festival is amazing, and you also had the um, uh, the thing with John Batiste. What's that called? The uh, the key session as well. The, so the key sessions. If you guys get a second, go to YouTube and search the key sessions and Stella Ruse, and you can find them playing their uh, song "Open." Correct, right? Uh, so we actually have two. We have we have "Open," um, which was one that uh, we recorded, and you can also catch um, the Greater Dog. While well, we did we did like a stripped down acoustic version of the Greater Dog as well. So um, and that came out really really nicely, and um, that's even getting. Uh, like just the other day I saw NPR put out cause they have, you know, I got into their live sessions thing and, um, they put that out as like a playlist for exponential fest. And so we're up there alongside of, you know, Nathaniel Radliff and Nora Jones and all these other amazing acts. And it's like, you know, just completely like surreal to be even included in the same conversation as some of those. Dude, guys. save all of those clippings. I, like, I, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my uh, so my day job is I do, I do public relations for a living. So you know, unlike this is my like this is my stuff, you know, like any kind of earned media is just like, I live for it because it's so important, you know, and I have no idea what this new world is going to mean for that. But like the impact that I, if there's one really important thing that I've learned through this album process, um, it was the impact of earned media on social media, on all of the other things, because like, you know, a great social media post is cool and all like, or a great picture to go along with your social post. But if you can tie that great picture to something real, like, like, I'll give you a quick example. We were at um, the Millennium Music Conference at the end of February. And um, because we were out in Harrisburg for two days, I called up ABC 27, which is the local, you know, ABC affiliate out out there. Um, They have a morning show where they put bands on. And I was like, sure let's give it a shot and so sure enough they accepted us and we got a really great little friday morning gig um you know it was their like studio sessions and we were live on air um at like 7 30 in the morning it was god awful um yeah trying to get up that early and play music um was well no we had to drive out to harrisburg too so that was crazy Um, oh you guys didn't like stay overnight and then go do the session you drove there (laughs) Nah, we drove there at six in the morning. We met in Conchahawken at six in the morning and drove out to, or no, at seven in the morning and drove out to Harrisburg. So yeah, it was brutal. Um, but uh, that that Instagram post that we put out that morning was by and far away our best post in terms of engagement that we had ever, um, and probably about four times typical engagement and twice of what we had been getting at the time, which we were incredibly pleased with you know you get 100 likes on instagram and you're like you know old farts like me are like 100 <laughs> likes um you but, love me you really love me yeah <laughs> that yeah. one that one gets like you know 230 in less than 24 hours and i'm like holy shit like this is amazing and that's when it all kind of clicked for me was like you know social media posts great social media post that comes as a result of earned media opportunity like explosion. yeah so. It's like it's you're posting like, look, we're this is a weird way to say it, but like we're being uh, validated. You post that online, like, oh shit, and people like that or comment on it. Exactly correct. If you're valid, and even like still, you know, like it was ABC. God, and this is a public podcast, so yes, absolutely, ABC twenty seven, lovely program. <laughs> they, were, they were total dolls. Um, I will say that they were absolutely amazing. And I uh, even the host came out and saw us that night, which even further validated us because you know we had like the the abc 27 morning show host coming out to to check out stella ruse so it was like that's really awesome you rarely get that for sure no rarely get that so um so anyway yeah um that was a really great thing learned out of this record and um i i'm always still trying to search for what's that next earned media opportunity um i know for small town paper anything you know so yeah i mean with your style it definitely lends itself to that sort of uh publicity you should definitely be on all the shows um you should do the q show that's in philly i know they have live music and stuff that's right. that's one of my next targets but you know uh, i was hopeful of trying to pitch something around uh we had a gig that was supposed to come up this uh this weekend at city winery and i was going to try and pitch some stuff around that but naturally not happening so yeah this the coronavirus has thrown us all a uh well, I, you know, making us feel a certain kind of way. But, so tell um, me, what happened with you guys in terms of, um, I mean, obviously your, your shows are all canceled, but have, how's the rescheduling going? Mark, I'll let you take, take it. Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of the, we had a big tour uh, scheduled in April, and a lot of those venues are not officially canceling those shows yet. So, we, I mean, they're going to get canceled, but yeah. they yeah. refused. They're like, oh, we're waiting to see you, whatever. So I haven't, I, I mean, I'm talking to them, but we don't have dates uh, to reschedule yet. Um, we had a Sellersville gig. We were opening for James Hunter, the guy we did yep. free at noon with, and that I rescheduled to the fall. We have a couple other things. We have um, a lot of stuff's going to September, but a lot of stuff hasn't been rescheduled yet. Working yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I get a lot of like wishy washy answers from everybody. Like nobody knows what's going on, you know. So we're yeah. just like waiting yeah. to see. That's know? but same boat, you know. We're yeah. trying to figure out like um, we had two gigs in April that. Uh, both are now officially canceled. Um, one was City Winery, which was pretty early on, and then the second was uh, Rockwood in New York City. And like, you know, Rockwood's like, yeah, we'll reschedule for June, but I'm like, are are you? Are you gonna actually? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't believe that's gonna happen at this point. So, not uh, that it's relevant, but was it the A room or the B room? 
Uh, it was the B. It was sort of the smaller one. Is the B room? I believe. Oh, that's the A room. The, is the it? One, okay. Yeah, the Rockwood. When you look at the front of the the building, the small rooms on the left. That's the A room, and the B rooms is is uh, it's got a like a floor, and then it also has like a like a balcony situation okay. going around. It's really cool. Have you ever been? No, I've never been. So oh, that's, I definitely want to check out. So it's definitely cool. When everything opens up, you should definitely go just for a day and check out yeah. all the live music. Yeah, we're it's supposed cool. to play stage one. May twenty third. Oh, that's oh, stage. Happen. Or May twenty eighth. Numbers, no, not letters. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but um. You know. So, I've, I, we and Mark kind of have spoken about this, but for me personally, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna ignore the gigs until ever until one of them says like we're good to go, and then like okay, I can go back to live gigging mode. But right now, we're so focused on what can we make at home, what can we write. What can we do on the on the social media stuff? That's because mm-hmm. that's where we're trying to focus now. Sure, I mean, and I, I wanted to ask you guys because um, you guys did that live stream a couple what last week, right? Something like that. Yes, it was last uh, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. We learned that it's very hard to mix a, a quartet live on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was going to be a losing battle, but we really tried, and then we remixed it and put it up on YouTube. Go to YouTube slash Hambone Relay to go okay. to watch that show. Um. <laughs> Let me ask you, um, quick, you know, nerd out time. Um, how did you guys, how did you guys record and broadcast? What were you guys using to actually get that broadcast going? So we have a, I have the Zoom L twenty. It's that same board we used it at. We a, used, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so I uh, used it as a mixer, and we ran a line into my Scarlet, which was then hooked up to my laptop, which was okay. to Facebook. Okay. Um, but but the problem was just doing it on the fly, and my wife was there helping, but she, you know, like we didn't kind of. It was like. She, I had to tell her what to do, like what, what you know. It just so like it was just hard to get a good level. It sounded good for a little bit, and then it like d- changed <laughs> fast, you know. So, but but we tracked everything. So we we re, I remixed it and re, and re released that video on Facebook with the the better audio. So. I'm gonna have to go check that out because I'm I'm intrigued to. Um, so you know, my big thing now, and I've been talking with Mason a lot about this too. And is uh he's my he's my tech go to. Um, I have a pretty decent background in recording technology, but I'm not like I'm, I just I just don't do as much. Um, right. And Mason's been doing a lot of live streaming stuff, and I've just been loving the sound that he's been able to produce. And so I asked him, I was like, you know, what are you, what have you been using? And he's got uh, so he's got his keyboard and he's got a vocal mic. And he runs that into a little, um, he's got a little cube. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, it's like a little stereo speaker. It's got two inputs. Mm. It's a battery-powered speaker. Um, okay. But he runs it into that, but he doesn't have the volume up on it. He just uses it because it's got a little vocal reverb on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> runs it through the cube, and then he goes into a little thing called a Roland like, Go Mixer, which is a new Roland's got, like, it's a little, you know, miniature. It's got, like, four inputs on it and um, runs a it mixes it in the interface and then you can run out like a, a, just a regular old, you know, USB to your iPhone and go straight into your iPhone. But instead of going like, so it essentially acts as the interface and spits out a stereo mix for you. So, um, which I thought was interesting because like for you guys, it sounds like you were running into a laptop and then what you had a separate camera that was also running. So my laptop was the camera too. So So you're just using the front face on the laptop. So yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like, and so the point being with that with that other setup that Mason has, you could conceivably, I believe you could use your, your front camera so you get even like a, a you know, HD quality shot mm-hmm. along with that direct audio input so you're not having oh, to yeah. use, like, you know, it's it's, a, it's just a, trying to cut that, cut one step out of there. Sure, yeah. Because uh, ultimately, like you said, you're going from mixer to interface to computer with <laughs> yeah, it the was. whole thing. A big, a big giant mess right now, and uh, I'm really intrigued on trying to crack that nut for us. Sure. Um, I'm not to say that I have no idea when, when the seven of us are going to be able to get together again, but like, I don't know. Have you guys had any luck? Like, have you done any Zoom conference jamming at all or anything like that? Have you had any luck with that, or is latency just like I haven't even tried yet? I, so. We haven't done that. My wife does that with her choir, and there's a ton of latency, and it's really hard to like. And of course, the more people too. Like she's like a thirty-piece choir, so that that makes it really tough. But I've I've I haven't heard too many great stories about it. Yeah, that's I, I was I I've been meaning to try to ask other musicians. Like, is anybody doing this with anything? There are a, new, a lot of new programs popping up, but none of them have good latency uh, uh, configurations. And also, there's also a problem with Facebook Live. Um, if there's a bunch of shows happening at the same time, 
like on Wednesday, we have a friend, Chris Jacobs, who was doing a show, and it yes. got cut off. It just shut down. Because um, they overloaded the server. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone, all the musicians are trying to perform live, so they haven't figured that out yet. So if there's a decent amount of shows happening at the same time, the quality is just goes right down the shitter. Um, so like, running... yeah. So Sorry. do all do all you want with uh, with trying to put a high quality piece of audio into your phone, then Facebook just throws it out the window anyway. Yeah. Right. I mean, you do, <laughs> you have to do all you can, and you also have to be very smart with where you put your live stream now, which I'm starting to notice. Like. The, the bigger acts are all taking the late night sets, so mm-hmm. you're screwed there. So in terms of eyes, your best bet right now, in my opinion, is actually doing a live stream in, dur- dur- in the morning of Saturday or Sunday when everybody's mm-hmm. home not working. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a, a friend who's a children's performer, and she's capitalizing on that 10 a.m. slot because it's, like, perfect for kids, you know? Oh, so, yeah. It's, like, and, every day 10. So, uh I think that's the world we're all in. We're actually now, we're, instead of fighting for gigs, we're fighting in for the time that has the worst, the least amount of latency or bad quality, like overloading the server. Ugh. Um, Ugh. What a mess, man. Okay, there are going to be problems that no matter what, in whatever capacity or whatever we do. Yeah. It's just finding the, the staying positive, you know? Well, that's the whole key to this whole thing. Um, I will say that, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a pretty fortunate position. I can work from home and um, with pretty much no issue. I had to, had to do a little bit of technology upgrading, but, um, and my wife's a school teacher, so um, she's pretty much off right now. And so, you know, I've got a school teacher taking care of my kids. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I feel for anybody out there, like, I just, I can't even understand how you're doing this if you have a day job that you're supposed to be working from home with and kids that are supposed to be in daycare or school or something like it's it's impossible it's impossible to get anything done it's hard to get anything done and i've got a school teacher taking care of my kids so like you know it's it's just the whole process has been totally upended but um really i've got a nice space in the suburbs i've got a yard i've got two kids that i'm home to be able to enjoy my time with and you know it's a real blessing i have to i have to think of it as a real blessing because there's really no other way to look at it i mean if it's otherwise you're gonna drive yourself crazy right absolutely i mean yeah think of it as a blessing i know mark gets to spend more time with his cats and i and wife and i get to spend more time with my dog and my girlfriend yeah what's that like guys life like guaranteed life without kids so you just like you just sit around and you just like watch a lot of Netflix and stuff. <laughs> well, no, uh, I'm the kid, so. <laughs> yeah, I think my so wife's is... ready to get rid of me, honestly. So. Yeah, I, I could imagine. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we, we do. We, you know, Rob and I have been doing a lot of music stuff, but I've also been playing a lot of Madden. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So. Uh, I just busted out my NBA 2K. Uh, Damn, dude, that's old brag. school, bro. Tight, I, tight. I made I made the, the starting roster, just bragging a little bit. Um, <laughs> but here, back to music, <laughs> the important stuff. Um, you said you're trying to stay positive. How's the rest of the band holding up, uh, staying um, positive? You know, I think it's uh, everyone is kind of in different situations a little bit, but I think that all of us are sort of, you know, finding like finding our sort of zen or finding like what's what's really keeping us here in terms of like you know music wise and um we've had a lot of creating going on which is great um so you know we've been trying to figure out like we were we were looking at this like band app or i can't band lab app or something like that um what is that it's like a it's a it's an it's basically a garage band but it works for androids as well so um you can and we all downloaded it and it was okay but it's like it was like a freemium or a free version that <laughs> to upgrade to get the full version of it and it just didn't seem like it was going to be worth it to, to make the actual paid upgrade on it um but you know uh our bass player ted wrote a song sent it out to the group which is great um we've had a couple other instances where like mason's been writing music i mean mason was writing kind of before this but he's really digging in on songwriting um i'm really digging in on um piano and guitar because i have both at my house and i play them periodically but um been really making it a very um solid commitment to myself to say that i'm going to sit down i'm going to play guitar for you know 20 minutes a day i'm gonna play piano for 20 minutes a day um and i'm just gonna try to keep learning you know like i pull out my my jazz real book in b flat um and i'm just trying to learn how to sight transpose like songs on the piano so like i can you know, play jazz standards because 
you know, that's just going to help me in the long run, um, just be a better musician, you know? So that's kind of where I'm going with all this stuff. I don't know what you guys have been kind of up to just trying to like musically, how you're trying to advance yourselves. Well, here, I have a quick question before we get to us is, is I want to just ask, are you planning on playing more piano and guitar in Stella Ruse? No, no, this is just for my own personal, uh, development and ultimately, uh, I really want to be able to play guitar and sing at the same time um, mm-hmm. and play piano and sing at the same time. So that's sort of a long-term goal for me. And it's primarily, I would say, just as a re- or as a means to entertain my kids um, because <laughs> just like, you know, they both love to sing and dance. And um, the more I can facilitate that, the better, you know, it's great and all to have to be able to play uh, Rafi or to be able to play Elmo on the iPhone or on Spotify or whatever. But if you can sing the damn song or if you can sing the Daniel Tiger theme song, like your kids are going to love you. So, Oh, I know, man. That's yeah. so cool. So that's been really where um, that's like my kind of end game is really to be more of a kind of at home musician where I can play for my kids and I can really inspire them um, versus, you know, them hearing me on the record or them hearing me with the band. So, right, right, right. Because it's two different, they're two completely different things. You know, daddy playing with the band and playing trumpet is not daddy in my living room playing guitar and singing to me, you know? Oh, definitely two different formats. And it's definitely more real to them when you're, when you're, you're playing to them. Precisely. Stric- strictly to them. Precisely. Mark, what have you been up to, buddy? Sorry, what was the question? I, I was, <laughs> I, had to, I went to take a piss and I had to fix something. Sorry. <laughs> uh, keeping yourself musically busy during this time. How you, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, well, I'm, pr- I'm practicing a lot. I'm actually writing. So, like, I, we we have been traveling a lot, and I don't write. I can't write on the road. I can't, like, I need to be in my space with mm-hmm. my shit. And now that I am <laughs> and nowhere to go, I've been doing a lot yeah. of writing um, and just and working on things. Like, I've always wanted to, like, burn, burn through the real book and learn new tunes, learn, you know, like giant steps and shit, you know, yep. which I played in college and I haven't played since and I, my chops are not where they need to be. And so like just that sort of stuff, just to keep myself yeah. busy. Also learning guitar, also practicing guitar too. Trying to okay. get my guitar chops up. So. Fantastic. That's about well, it. You're right. Yeah. And I'm trying to, uh, same as you guys like play guitar and write for my own personal stuff and also for Hambone. And then I actually, I just set up my whole basement. I really can't show people via the podcast, but I just, I, all my drums are mic'd up. I got like an in- interface over there that Mark let me borrow and uh, recording over there, uh, like really learning how to record my drums uh, with what I've got. And it's really, I'm learning a lot, um, especially you, like, ha- how I need to treat a room. What are you saying? How many, uh, how many channels are you running? On uh, the running six. I've got okay. uh, a D112 on the bass drum. Uh-huh. Uh, and then um, Sennheiser's on all the toms. Okay. And I have my fifty-seven on the snare. Okay. And Mark, do you know what? Do you know what's the overhead that you gave me? Um, I think it's just an MXL nine ninety, something okay. fancy. But and just a single, or are you doing double? Oh, just the one, just the one overhead. Actually, it's not. It's that AKG uh cigar mic. I can't remember what the name is. Yeah, the MXL didn't work, but right. I, I got the cigar mic on right on top. And it, it catches everything beautifully. The only thing I'm kind of messing around with, because of how small my basement is, mm-hmm. it, it, it catches a lot of the room, and I have to close mic everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really playing around with how high my overheads are, and where the bass drum mic is is in the kick or outside of it. I'm yep. right now having more success with inside the kick, uh, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, it's just learning. I what to operate with what you have and and writing songs is actually making it uh both challenging and more inspiring to write within this these parameters because you can't leave and you have to do it all yourself unless you want to like convert the file on the internet you know and this is where i i totally feel you man and that's kind of a little bit of where i'm coming from now and in just like i've never had a interface like i've never needed one really because like for me i i i've always had the benefit of these wonderful songwriters around me you know like mm-hmm. i don't have to worry about like i can bring a song to brendan and i can just say like okay here's a couple of chords here's some lyrics and like i haven't quite finished it but maybe can you help me out and that's how travel song came together and now like yeah i mean we could still do that but like conceivably it's so much more difficult and like i'm like my god i gotta figure something out because like 
I'm the only person here anymore. <laughs> like you don't, you don't have, this, <laughs> you don't have this benefit of all these other people around you, like to be able to just like create with. And so, um, real challenge. But I think ultimately, we're all as we're all kind of learning here, like it's great because we have all the time in the world, right? Like we have all this like new time, newfound time that you can figure all this stuff out, and you can like take more time to invest. Like it's been great for me, like to find this time to be able to play piano and guitar because like. I'm not spending two hours in the car commuting in and out of the city every day. So like, right. there's, there's just like that in and of itself has been such like a wonderful thing. And God help us all when we have to go back to work, man. When we have to go back to our offices. Man. Well, I feel like it, it, it'll be interesting to see how people combine both this lifestyle and the lifestyle they were used to living. I'm curious how that kind of combines into one thing. I totally agree. And um, I've, definitely learned that um you know again i had to take some additional steps to get really fully remote now yeah. um but my job now i am besides the attention factor here which is you know my kids are competing for my attention in addition to my work which is difficult mm-hmm. um but uh aside from that like i can do everything from home now so like that's really going to change my perspective too i was doing a little bit of remote work um before all this happened like i kind of had some negotiations with my boss this year and was like i really would love to have at least like one day a week to work from home but also that was working from home without my kids so that's uh, yeah yeah true so a little bit of a blessing yeah i used to send the kids to daycare and then go to work and then work from home which was just like you got an empty house all day it's a beautiful thing so Mm -hmm. um but nowadays that's that's no longer the reality and probably won't be the reality for a very long time so Right. There's no way to tell how long this will last. Yeah. But sit, since we're in this coronavirus thing, and I kind of wanted to pick your brain, your main gig is the director of digital marketing for a company. Yeah. What would be some suggestions or recommendations or things that bands can do um, in terms of not just in, not social media, outside of social media? Mm-hmm. What else? What can bands do now to help promote but not get lost in the ether? Ugh, gosh, man. <laughs> Um, so I do think that, you know, for anybody who's got anything in the can, like if you've got stuff in the can and you were sort of, you know, sidetracked, um, in the, in the sort of all of a sudden, you know, all this, everything's going to shit. Um, what I would suggest, and this was something that I learned when we were out at the millennium music conferences, um, which, you know, it's, it's following the trends of the day, but, um, stretch everything, stretch your timelines as far as you can, because like, for example, um, if you've got five songs done and you were going to put out an EP, consider breaking that apart and put out five singles for the next six months, you know, one yeah. single every two months. Because with Spotify, you know, like when you submit a track or when you submit an album, you only get to submit one track for editorial editorial consideration where they might put you on one of their major playlists. So whether you release an album with 10 tracks or whether you release an album with one track, uh, you get one submission. So uh, instead of putting out your five song EP, maybe you consider putting out five singles because then you get to submit every single, every time to Spotify for editorial consideration as opposed to just one song for your five song album. So Question, because you guys, you guys are on a couple of playlists for your music. Um, when you put out the single, does that count? as a one song album like so so for example like you guys put out open i think first so yeah that was exactly our strategy was that we put out um well we we were originally anticipated putting out four singles and then the record um our timeline got pushed so we ended up putting out three singles and then the record so uh we put out open first submitted Mm -hmm. that for playlist none of our things got picked up by the way i will say that um by spotify wait so how how early did you put it in the uh the the tracks to be looked at by their people by their curators so when you um so we use distro distro kid for our distribution service and cd baby whatever whichever one you're using but when you upload it and when you submit it um and then you go into your spotify for artists account on a desktop you can't do this on a phone so your phone version doesn't work got to do it on the desktop version um but you go to your spotify for artists account and then when you click on your releases there's another tab that says upcoming and you click on that tab, and then it'll show your one song that you have that's available for, for submission, um, or your one album that's available submission. And so you get, and it has to be, they say, four weeks in advance is the minimum that they give you, um, or that they suggest. You can submit 
in a, on a tighter time frame, but you're probably not going to get picked up. And God knows you're probably not going to get picked up anyway, but you never know. If you do, it's the difference between your song getting 200 streams in the first day and 2 million streams in the first day. So um, I suggest anybody out there, if you're doing that, um, do it four weeks in advance or give yourself five, six weeks because your, your album's going to take a couple of days to get into their platform. And then you have to make sure you claim your Spotify for artist platform, which takes time. Um, but once you get into there, you find that little upcoming music tab and then a couple, it's a couple of submissions. It's like you, you pick off a couple of genres, you pick off your instrumentation and then you tell them a little bit about the song. And um, you know, that's, that's it. And so, so like I said, spread it. Um, if you do the singles thing, then too, it affords you the opportunity to potentially do music videos, which God knows, I don't know how anybody's doing music videos now, but you know, again, be creative. Um, about, does... I think we're about to get a bunch of Brady Bunch videos is all I'm about to say. Oh, totally. And to your point though, Rob, too, like the bar has been lowered. So don't feel like you, you need to go out there and do a, you know, $3,000 budget video because frankly, like you're, you're your heartfelt video that's done in your living room and has actual character to it is going to do better anyway in this environment. So, um, or, you know, go find a really good animator or go find a, you know, go find or take a class, you know, take a class. I mean, shit, I learned, um, after effects in the run up to this album. And that was how I was able to do all the motion graphics stuff that we did for all of our singles, which, you know, in my world, or at least from what I'm seeing, uh, not that I work in the music business, but I, I play in, I, I play in the music business. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but, um, but for me in the run up to this record, the thing that I was seeing all over the place was motion graphics, motion graphics, motion graphics, animations, 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 photos that turn into graphics that turn back into photos or photos that don't appear to move, but then all of a sudden they move magically. Um, that was all that I was seeing. And so I, specifically tried to do as much as I could with motion graphics. And so I learned After Effects. I went through like 75 tutorials on their on Adobe's website and I was able to get a basic understanding to be able to do some work. And that was, I, I wouldn't say that that's the difference maker for us, but I do think that <clears throat> we were very successful in building a groundswell of like buzz and validation and, you know, people seeing us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. And then we kind of crested with the album and it was, we, we, you know, things died off a little bit. We've been able to kind of maintain a little bit of momentum here. And I think that was really as a result of the work that we put in ahead of time. So really trying to stretch that timeline from, uh, let's see, we started this in October and then we put the album out in January. So we did a really good solid three months, October, November, December, no, almost four months almost of like, really solid push so that's awesome yeah i yeah. think some bands could take that and run with it for sure well that's i mean like i said to get back to that it's 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 just again like take your time now and try to maximize every single like single as a as an actual song term not like every single opportunity but maximize every single opportunity boom see marketing love it marketing <laughs> <laughs> Well, here, so this is the last part of the show. I always ask our guests uh, um, like a lightning round type of thing. So here we yep. go. Here's your first one. What was the first concert you went to? Um, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg Up in Smoke Tour. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, what was your first instrument? Um, it was uh, violin. So I started on violin in fourth grade. Do you still play? No. I uh, quit violin in seventh grade um, in order to focus on trumpet. So nice. The way it what was the first album you had or owned? Um, so uh, cassette tape, uh, Columbia um, Record Club. So you know, thirteen CDs. No, these were cassette tapes. So thirteen cassette tapes for nine <laughs> or whatever. Um, and that would have been my selection because we had to split that amongst the family. So my selection: uh, Michael Jackson, Dangerous. Oh, nice, nice, dude. Tight one. Good choice. Yeah. Um, who is the musician or the artist that inspired you to play music? Ugh. Gosh, man. Um, it didn't come to me for a really long time. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that I, my, my like playing sort of developed that way. Um, but definitely uh, high school Dizzy Gillespie was a big one for me for trumpet. Yeah. Um, 
and that was sort of one of those things where like that was the record that I was listening to when I made that decision that I really wanted to play music for like the rest of my life. Um, and then additionally, um, similar time frame, a little bit later on in life though, uh, Billy Martin and Medeski Martin would like just absolutely like made me a believer in like music as like a as like an experience as like a religious experience for me. Oh, that's awesome! I love Billy Martin. He's the oh, best. He's my he's my guy. He's my guy. That's awesome. Uh, what was your what's the best concert you've ever seen? Um, so uh, most affecting concert. So um, and I would say that this is potentially influenced by some um, psychedelics there. Um, <laughs> but it would definitely have been uh, Soul Live uh, at the TLA, and this was like two thousand and four, maybe. Oh, nice. And um, Michelle and Dege Ocello opened for them, and was you want to talk about religious experiences like several like i remember mason had to go to the bathroom and just like sit in the bathroom stall for like 35 minutes <laughs> handle it and like i meanwhile i was just like hands in the air like just eating it up like you know that like you know that person at the concert where you're like man that guy's really ripped and like he's really just like taking this all in um that was me at that show so. that's awesome that's so cool oh man who is your favorite artist right now or band right now Wow, another really good question. Um, gosh, I need to think about that one. Um, I mean, man, I, you got me stumped a little bit there, Rob. Um, got you, I, bro. Would, I would say um, one band that's definitely like really affected me in the last like little bit was um, Tank and the Bangus. Um, I just had oh been, yeah, like in terms of um, sort of just different you know because for me difference always really like a, a big thing um and i will even say um just in the last couple of days like this new single um secret american local band uh well bi-coastal local band um but uh they just put out a new track that i am in love with so that's so cool i will definitely check that out and last question what is your favorite i guess is that your favorite album right now too what's your favorite album that you're streaming or listening to um gosh man i feel like i gotta like go and look at my spotify <laughs> real quick to like to tell you this um here i'll share mine i'll share my uh my favorite album i've been listening to a bunch is um where is it where is it it's right here on my list is um is pump by aerosmith really <laughs> here's what here's the reason it's my workout jam right i've been at home doing nothing so like, mm -hmm. i'll go outside and put on that record just do like jumping jacks and push-ups and it gets me going i freaking love aerosmith huh. very interesting um oh man it's, dude. it's the it's record horn i gotta see what the tracks are that are on it it's um it's a lot of hits it's like uh loving an elevator jane's got a gun uh the other side mm -hmm. oh some um, hits bro man yes. dude, you know it's really tough well i will say that there's been one band um that's been really uh enamoring me recently um they just put out a couple of singles i'll say so if you want to say that um uh, but a band called the rad trads out of brooklyn um they actually, that's who you're supposed to open for right that's who we were supposed to open for um i found these guys a couple probably almost two years ago now um they were opening for lake street dive um and i followed lake street dive on instagram and sure enough saw this band um they are like it's it's one of the bands out there that I say really sounds like us. Um, they really do this kind of, but they're a little bit more like kind of grungy, um, like Brooklyn indie punk rock ethos a little bit more. Um, but definitely super approachable, like we are. But it's um, drums, bass, guitar, saxophone, and trumpet, and it's five dudes, and they all sing and they can all play, and just really wonderful stuff. So um, they've put out a couple of singles. Uh, they did a couple of covers. So it was like uh, they did an Alabama Shake song, Hold On. Um, also. Springsteen's Atlantic City and mm -hmm. they put out an original tune too. I can't remember what it's called though. So, but the Rad Trads, check them out. That's awesome. Here, can you give a plug? Uh, tell the people what you got going on with Stella Ruse. Okay, so um, Stella Ruse, uh, quarantining. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pause. <laughs> so, um, what I would say is uh, keep an eye out on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, that's Stella Ruse on or Facebook.com slash Stella Ruse, Instagram.com slash Stella Ruse underscore. So make sure you get that underscore at the end there. Very, Very important. important. Um, and uh, so IG lives right now. So you can catch Katie every Sunday at eight o'clock. You can catch Brendan every Wednesday at eight o'clock. Uh, additionally, we've got a couple of things in the can, just some live videos we're going to be putting out um, just to kind of keep things fresh. And then beyond that, 
uh, mark your dang calendars because July 31st, hopefully when we're all back out enjoying the sunshine, uh, XPN Festival. So that's going to be Exponential Music Fest. We are opening uh, the festival on Friday afternoon. So. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on that again. And please, everyone, go listen to their record. It's called The Greater Dog on Spotify or Apple Music. Or please go buy it, actually. Go go support some live music. Send some Venmo money their way. There Thank you, you so much for coming on, Alex. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you having me and taking the time. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, All right, All right guys. You guys have a wonderful day. Peace out, people. Take care.